Hello, and welcome to the Dear COVID Mama podcast, created as a safe space for mamas to explore all the feelings related to raising and having kids during a worldwide pandemic. My name is Ali O'Connell. I'm a nurse, former mental health therapist, and mama to one sweet 13-month-old boy. Please join me in real and honest conversations with other mamas as we discuss things like anxiety, joy, expectations, and so much more. My hope is that after each episode, you will feel a little more connected, valued, and of course loved. It's my way of giving us all the big hug that we so desperately need right now. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Dear COVID Mama. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with two mamas who are mental health therapists in private practice and happen to be two of my close friends. I met these ladies in graduate school over 10 years ago before parenthood was ever a part of our lives and have had the chance to be a part of their little one's lives as they have grown up over these last several years. It was part of my plan to have them uh, be in my little Declan's life, and I looked forward to them getting to be his surrogate aunties, and that has been, of course, one of my many areas of grief that uh, they haven't had the opportunity to share in his little light as of yet, Uh, but I'm hoping for that in the future. Uh, But I really wanted to spend some time talking with them both and getting their perspective on what it's been like raising older children in this pandemic, and to hear their unique perspective perspective of being mental health therapists in the field and being a part of supporting others as they try to navigate this new normal as well. Um, So I thought I'd start by just asking you both to tell us who you are, what type of work you do, and who made you a mama. Hi, I'm Miranda. I work primarily as a couples therapist in private practice, but I also see individuals uh, about 50-50. And who made me a mama? I have a six-year-old, very strong-willed, artistic girl and a three-year-old girl who identifies as a Spider-Man. <laughs> I love it. My name is Caroline, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm in private practice and primarily see children and teens and young adults and work with families. Who made me a mama seven years ago was my sweet little boy, who is also very artistic, BFF with Miranda's girl, although they haven't seen each other in almost a year. So he made me a mama first. And then I have a four and a half year old, very strong willed boy, <laughs> who's also very sweet. They're both big mama's boys and both, they're both strong willed, I guess. It's just been, you know, COVID. So a little different this past year. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine it's been interesting to see the evolution of like your kids' personalities from before COVID started to how things have been maybe the first couple months and then now that we're approaching the almost year mark. And I know I've heard from other moms saying, you know, some of that has been positive and then some of it has been really challenging. Yeah, I agree. Initially, it was like first part of it was a really hard adjustment for the kids, but now it just kind of seems like, Oh, this is, this is how life is. Mm-hmm. Like this is their new normal. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just going to say same here. It, well, although I've seen like ups and downs. So first it was really hard. Um, my four-year-old, the way he identified with COVID was calling it the sickness. Well, he still mm-hmm. calls it the sickness. So the word is interchangeable at our house. Sometimes it's coronavirus, sometimes it's a sickness. But it was it was hard at first. And then not being able to hug, you know, anyone like grandparents or cousins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the new normal. But every so often we hear when the sickness is over, can we go do this? When the sickness is over, can we go do that? Can we go see this person or that person? So it kind of, we've seen it go up and down mm-hmm. um, a little bit. But my seven-year-old, it was interesting because he identified it as, he was asking me about it. He's like, what is coronavirus? Like, what is this? So I was explaining it to him and he goes, oh, oh, I get it. Because I explained we all have to keep each other safe and ourselves safe. And that's why we can't be around people right now and um, wearing masks. And he's like, oh, so the coronavirus is the bad guy, like the super villain. And we're all the good guys trying to work together to get rid of the super villain. And I was like, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of held on to that. Yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, that I haven't been faced with, like that having to figure out how to explain what this invisible thing is to children who maybe aren't at an age where they can fully like wrap their minds around it. And also we don't want to terrify them. So like how to say it in a way that like helps them understand why there are all of these changes and why their world is so different, but also not like give them nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I often worry about just what kind of, you know, compulsory behaviors am I creating in my child now of like, wash your hands, don't touch that. We have to, you know, and obviously my anxiety is very real. And so they can probably see some of that seeping through, but you know, am I, am I making it to where my kids are going to be very anxious about being out in public once we can get out in public and, and hugging people and, you know, what, what is that doing for their mental health? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that really brings up a good question and something that I was thinking about when I wanted to talk with you both about this more, which was digging in a little deeper about what has it been like for your children to go through this because they are a bit older and you can, they do have language and you can talk with them about it. From last March compared to now, what have you noticed? What has it been like for them? Hmm. I'd say I've seen a lot of meltdowns. Mm. Yeah, definitely. A lot of meltdowns. Um, whether it's, you know, I mean, I have a first grader who's doing remote learning, you know, so he's on with his teacher in his classroom 8 a.m. to 1045 mm-hmm. and then has a break and then has to get back on for half an hour for like PE or music or his STEM class, iLab. So there's just some days where it's just so much screen time. Like there's so much screen time right now, which is another thing. Like, how is that going to affect our kids? You know, all this screen time and being a therapist too, doing telehealth um, sessions. So we're, we know what it's like to be on a screen and it's not, it's not fun, mm-hmm. you know, to sit here hour after hour on the screen for anybody. But I see a lot more, I don't know. I mean, I've seen positive changes and, you know, sad ones where like, you know, they miss their friends, they miss socializing, but They've also, they're, they've always been really close, but they've become super, super close. They call each other their best brothers. I just, 
I guess the biggest change is worrying if they're going to get sick or if other people are going to get sick now. And just like those are their worries? Or acting out. Mm. Yeah. You know, just like, because we talk about it, you know, and wearing a mask and we, like Miranda was saying, like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash mm-hmm. your hands, mm. you know? And so it's sometimes they're like, no, I don't want to wash my hands. You know, <laughs> which I get it. I get it. So mm-hmm. sometimes there's some defiance and, you know, we just all have to talk and we've done a lot. We've had a lot of family talks where we're like, okay, what do we each need to work on individually? Like, what do we all want, you know, to work on as a family? Like what, what, how do we want our family to work? Like, how can we, you know, what are some things we can do together? And so I think it's really given us a lot of, I mean, obviously we're getting extra family time, but I think it's given us a lot of time to, to just connect in a different way. And when there are meltdowns or acting out, it's, a reminder that like, that's probably not what it's about. Right. I mean, their whole world is turned upside down. So Mm -hmm. it's just everything coming in and just being really gentle and like, you know, I mean, as parents, we have to take breaks too, before we can like, okay, let's talk about this, you know? Right. So the meltdowns aren't even necessarily like specifically related to COVID. It's just like being extra sensitive maybe to anything and just reacting stronger than maybe they would have previously. Yeah, I'd say. I even find that I'm that way. <laughs> I don't know if you have yeah. that experience. It's like, I can no, understand I that. Talk to that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. not just me, but my husband too. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Yeah, everything just feels like, I don't know. I, I've tried to describe it to my husband or to other people as like my usual like overflow level. Like I at least have like 40% capacity, you know, and now I have like five or something. And so it just, it's so easy for me to go past that hundred percent mark and feel like overwhelmed and like, I don't want to deal with this. I can't deal with this. This is too much. Um, so I can only imagine how our kids feel or how your kids feel in that. Yeah. My oldest has had a couple of big meltdowns and they've been specifically related to COVID Hmm. um, where it's kind of stemming from seeing other families or people in our family interacting with other people Hmm. and noticing that and being aware that we're very strict and staying at home and we're not, you know, seeing other people. And if we do, it's a very, you know, like, okay, two weeks of quarantine before we're able to meet and, and with her noticing that she gets very upset and, and angry at some family members and gotcha. expressing that anger and, you know, uh, being present for that, but also like agreeing with her, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And of course, you know, screen time and mm-hmm. usually screen time is a, is a fun extra thing that they get to do. But now it's like, no, sorry, we have to limit that even more because you're on your, your school iPad all day. So So how have you helped them kind of contain that or just manage that experience? Like what, what do you tend to do for them? And Miranda, because you brought up your oldest having meltdowns specifically related to COVID, like how have you helped her? Um, I put my therapist hat on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally, you know, because I have to try and separate myself and my own feelings about other, other people and family. And, um, so it's just about like validation being like, yeah, I totally get it. It's upsetting. It's not fair. It's not Mm -hmm. fair at all. And I'm so sorry you have to go through this. And that usually helps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the things we all need to hear regularly right now. Right. Right. 
In a similar vein, as the progression of this has gone on, what's it been like for your family? Uh, immediate family or like extended yeah, family? I guess or? that's a good point. I mean, I think maybe we could even break it down further. So like mm-hmm. start with um, what it's been like with within your partnership, looking at if it's been like positive in some ways and if there have been some challenges. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's been really positive, at least in my experience. (laughs) You know, Aaron is my partner and my favorite person to be around. And so um, it's been really lovely to be able to both work from home. And we're very fortunate for that. And we both have similar you know, values and of what we want or what, how we view COVID. And so that helps. I have worked with couples in my practice who have very opposing views and Mm -hmm. I could see how that would be extremely challenging, but personally, you know, it's been, it's been really positive. So I feel like we feel very like a strong team together. Well, I'm happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Was that sarcastic? That's so funny. It wasn't intended to be sarcastic. Although I do think hearing you say that, I'm like, that sounds nice. But I certainly think with having gone through like becoming new parents Mm -hmm. and then COVID happening three months after Declan was born, you know, our experience is different in the sense that like we were still kind of trying to create this new identity as parents and navigating what that was like, especially because we've been together for such a long time prior to being parents. So we, you know, we both could go and do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted. And then you're hit with the reality of like, oh, having a kid means that your time is not your time anymore in the same way. And just trying to like reconcile that. And then, oh, here, here's also a once in a century pandemic, that's going to mean that you're not going to get support (laughs) from anywhere. And, you know, you can't have a date night and you can't, you know, have people come over and watch your baby. And you also don't get to share him with anybody. And so I think there have been like, maybe just a different set of challenges in trying to like, uh, I don't know, come to terms with this new reality. And then also being in a pandemic and not having the support that we thought that we would. So there have been challenges in terms of like, how much time does Ryan get for himself? How much time do I get for myself? And um, where our priorities lie. And we certainly have, you know, had a lot of conversations and you both, at least for me, we don't have the same level of capacity right now. And so in having those conversations, it takes a lot of energy and then, you know, some days just feel hard. I hear you. Yeah. Caroline, what's your experience been like? Um, I'd say, say a mix of both. I feel like COVID definitely, you know, we're on the same, we're on the same wavelength with all of it too. Um, when it first started, you know, we were like stocked up on everything. Like we were ready to, you know, tackle this and, and it has, like, I feel like, you know, it's been nice to reconnect and spend more time together, but also Gavin and I are very social people. So I like to have my girl time. He likes to have his boy time and we don't really get that, you know? So there's definitely been times where it just gets overwhelming. I mean, when mm-hmm. you're constantly together all the time, 24-7 in the same house, like you and Ryan, you know, just the conversations and having to work it out. And we both, self-care is really huge for us. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I'll say that there's a couple months 
like around the holidays where I was just like, forget it, whatever, and not care about anything. But for my own mental health and my sanity, I need to exercise. I need to, I need that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Gavin and I both, and he does too. So we, we work it out where he'll go for his run. So he gets his outside alone time. I go for my walks to run and I get my outside alone time. And, you know, we, we are just better parents and partners when we both have that solo time um, and then coming together and, you know, we've watched lots of shows and movies together. <laughs> I mean, I think we've run out of shows and movies by now, but I'd say, I'd say it's brought us together. We've had a lot more conversations, but yeah, there's also been some difficult conversations and, you know, ups and downs and all around, I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And there've been like stages to all of this too, you know, like kind of coming to terms with, I know for myself, coming to terms with the fact that like, I'm not sure when this is going to be a thing of the past. And so really digging into like, okay, this is still present in our lives. COVID is still present in our lives. So, you know, I think a lot of people are doing this and just trying to figure out like, okay, how are we going to sustain? Like, how are we going to continue to take care of ourselves and each other and get through this? Because, you know, we might still be in this for a bit longer. Yeah, fatigue is real. Fatigue is real. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, I did want to ask you both because, you know, you do have this lens of being in the mental health field and kind of having this window into what people's day-to-day life is like. And, you know, you're really supporting people through this pandemic, I feel like. I'm just wondering, how has COVID affected your work? What did it look like before and how has it changed? Wow. Well, I mean, it's completely changed because it's now on all telehealth video sessions, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's no in-person sessions, which, you know, it's kind of hard. I mean, especially when I have new clients where we've never met before and this is how we meet. We're like, hey, nice to meet you, you know, Mm -hmm. but most of my clients right now, I'd say are, I don't have really any little, little ones. I think the youngest one is six or seven. Mm-hmm. So I see an array of struggles and things that are happening, but I'd say with my teens and young adults, I'd see, I, I've seen a huge shift in the sense of more anxiety, more depression. I have clients who were super social, like playing sports and, you know, with their friends all the time and, you know, just a really social person, like, you know, love spending time with their family. And now they're just so closed off. They're like, I don't, I don't want to play sports. I don't want to see my friends. I don't want to leave my room, you know? So it's a lot of, there's just been a lot of more heightened anxiety and it's not all around coronavirus. I mean, there is some heightened anxiety and fear about, you know, getting sick or their family members getting sick, but it's kind of like, they're so isolated and they're doing school online and they're constantly on the screen too. And they're just tapped out, you know, everyone's just tapped out. And I think we're right now, what I'm noticing with my clients is everyone's just done. Mm. Like everyone is just done, you know, like just hit a wall, like hit the pandemic wall. Mm-hmm. So it's been tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough. When do you think that been. happened? The like hitting the wall? Um, I'd say it was getting close around the holidays and then they had a break. Mm-hmm. And January is always a hard month regardless. Mm-hmm. Like it just always has been just because, you know, it's winter, it's dark here, dreary, rainy, and it just seems like a long month. But I feel like January has been pretty tough for a lot of my clients. They're kind of like, you know, end of semester just happens. Now we're 
second semester, we can look at the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's just this constant, like, let's look forward, mm-hmm. you know, like, what can we do in the moment? But also, okay, like, look how far we've come already. And so like, those are some of the strategies that you are like trying to continue to, to like employ, like, okay, let's, let's think about what you can look forward to and look how far you've come and what can you do right now? those types of things. Yeah. And a lot of self-care, lots Mm -hmm. of self-care. And also what we've been doing too with some clients is like, they look at it in terms of like their pre-pandemic self and their pandemic self. Mm -hmm. And they are scared, right? That like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to be my pre-pandemic self ever again? Like, is this this me forever? Like, is this how I'm going to be, you know, for the rest of my life? So it's really trying to like, okay, let's, you know, take this apart. Let's look at it. Let's, you know, work on just because, you know, what you're feeling right now, it's completely situational. This isn't going to last forever. So it's been tough for a lot of people right now. It's interesting to hear the perspective of like what it's been like for, you know, because you work primarily with kids and teens and just like what themes you've seen for them. It's like, it's not necessarily, which I think is true for all of us. You know, it's like, we're not necessarily thinking about like, I'm afraid of getting COVID and dying all the time. Like that's not the only fear. It's just the like impact of all of the effects of COVID. Like you're saying, the isolation, the change in our social dynamics, this hidden thing that's like, well, it could cause problems in our lives or it could not. And so you're just kind of like anticipating that something bad could happen. And so there's this like constant level of anxiety, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. And they, you know, some have pods, learning pods, some have their COVID bubble group, you know, so some mm-hmm. are hanging out with friends, but there's others that aren't, you know, that maybe a family member has a low immune system, you know, or the, you know, suppressed immune system. So it's like they can't, and then they're jealous of their friends, you know, and mad at their friends because they're hanging out. And, you know, so there's just like so much going on. And then parents are like, why is my teen acting this way? Or why is my kid acting this way? And I'm like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just affecting parents. But we have no idea what it's like for these kids and these teens. And I have clients who are seniors or were seniors last year and starting college. And I mean, it's just a whole completely different situation right. for, you know, all these kids. Oh my God. I can't imagine being a teenager stuck at home with my parents during a pandemic. Right? <laughs> I love my parents. <laughs> They're supposed to be out and playing and hanging out and like exploring who they are. And yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it's like a good reminder for all of us that, you know, like we've never done this before. There's no there's no blueprint for this. We have no idea yeah. how to do this and how kids didn't graduate, get to have a graduation last year and then what it's been like for them to go off to college. And now, you know, like I imagine, at least for myself last year, you know, in summer, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be over by fall. This is going to be over by winter. This is, you know, and like, mm. I'm like, could this seriously be going on until June or next year? Or who knows when? And so it's like hard to plan what your life is going to look like. And that's coming from like my adult brain where I have the ability to like reason in a different way. And then when I think about like teenagers, you know, and what this must feel like for them, that this is like everything, you know, when you're a teenager, you're like, this is everything. This is never going to end kind of thing, you know, like must feel very heavy for them. Hmm. I've noticed in my practice, a big, a few big shifts, one being, you know, with the change to telehealth 
and me seeing a lot of couples, I miss out on so much information just Mm. on that initial meeting in the waiting room, you know, the body language aspect of where are they sitting in the waiting room? Are they far apart? Are they holding hands? Like when they come into the room and sit down on the couch, how far apart are they? Do they sit in a different seat? And when you're seeing them in telehealth, they have to sit really close together (laughs) because I have to see both of their faces. So missing out on what I feel like is vital information for me to kind of get a sense of like, okay, where are they at? you know, as far as closeness goes. And, you know, with couples being at home, I'm seeing a big, almost like a crescendo of the gender differences or the gender Mm -hmm. roles. That is very similar of what happens when you have a baby, but also, you know, now that both parents are having to work from home and if they have kids, like who's going to sacrifice working less hours and be with the kids more? And how do you negotiate that? And there's a lot of resentments that are starting to build in that regard. And, and that's something, you know, I've experienced a little bit as well, you know, kind of working, working around Aaron's schedule and okay, when, when can I work? When do I get to see clients? And luckily he's been really supportive and doing what he could, you know, what he can. And I don't know if you experienced this also Caroline, but this desire that the clients have of genuinely wanting to know how you're doing (laughs) and like that transparency of how transparent do you be with your clients? Because they, they really care for you and Mm -hmm. they want to know like, how are you doing? And you're, I'm trying to like balance how much do I self-disclose? And yeah, so that's been an interesting piece. But one of the really positive things that have come out of this is that I enjoy really working with new parents. And this has really opened a new door for new parents to be able to, to do therapy mm-hmm. um, at home. Um, because that was a huge barrier of like, well, I have a newborn and so I can't really make it to an office. So I'll just, you know, wait. So yeah, lots of challenges, although like some really positive things have come out of it as well. I I wanted to go back, Miranda, to the thing that you said about like noticing the dynamic in couples going more towards like what we see as like gender norms. I just think that's so interesting and something that I mean, I've noticed in my own household and also so many of the other moms that I talk about, it seems like that is pretty common too. And I just maybe just want to unpack it a little bit. Like, why is that happening? <laughs> what What do you think of that? What's your take? Yeah. Oh gosh. I think when you're kind of stuck in a traumatic, and I'm using air quotes here when I say traumatic, because, you know, we're in this weird place in the world. (laughs) And so we're in this pandemic. And so people are using old coping skills to like make it through. And that's, if I had to like put a theory behind it, like gender norms is probably like an old thing that maybe people fall back on. I don't know how much of it is companies not in support of, you know, similarly with, you know, maternity or paternity leave, both of those. Yeah. It's just trying to tease apart, like, okay, if we have to split our time, you know, and with parents who have young kids, you can't, you know, trust that they're going to be doing schoolwork when they're supposed to be or helping them if they need help. So you just have to make it work. (laughs) Um, And oftentimes that will fall on usually the mom. Because typically, at least in heterosexual relationships, you know, the the mom is the emotional support of the family and Mm -hmm. is navigating everything. Yeah. Yay for us. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have been told Uh, if I wasn't here, our family would fall apart. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is that biology or is that socialization? I know we can't, that's a big question. I know we can't right. answer that here, but it is certainly something that I've thought about. And that's even before COVID, you know, I think a lot of times, like you said, moms tend to be the emotional support of the family and tend to take on a lot of things. Something I've noticed just like being a in a mom role now, I somehow am in charge of all of the meal planning. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And when Declan started eating, you know, it's like, I make sure he has all of his little things in his containers and, you know, like replenish them and, you know, make sure he has enough even when I'm going to work, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I know Ryan can figure it out like, and he totally has, but I don't know if it's just like me feeling like I want to have some kind of control or if it's just like there's some expectation in heterosexual relationships where the woman is in charge of all of the meal planning. I don't know. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that piece of like, I want control of this because this gives me some sort of sanity that I can't control everything else that's happening. But if I'm keeping track of our budget and maybe like planning meals, then that feels good to me. Yeah, we have. So Gavin and I, you know, we're both self-employed, so we can work around each other's schedules pretty well. And it changes. So my schedule is usually busier during the school year and his is slower in the winter. And then it switches, right? I'm slower in the summer and he's busier in the summer. But it seems like every switch of that season, there's that like, well, you know, I still have all these clients and I, you know, and so we're trying to juggle the schedule because then he gets busier and he needs to work, but I still am busy. And then, you know, it's just like, so two times a year we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But he's also very, very blessed with a very clean husband. So he cleans, he does laundry, he does dishes, like he does everything, right? So I'd say like we split all the housework. But, you know, as the mom too, like same thing, like I make sure, you know, they have the nutritious food, the supplements, the doctor's appointments, the dentist appointments. And Alicia, when this happens for you, when you guys start going on vacation, uh, you'll be packing for two and a half people, not just yourself. I packed a three and a half, right? I mean, he has his backpack and he's ready to go. And we, and then he's like, why did you pack so much stuff? I'm like, just wait, because we're going to use every single thing in here. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, there is a sense of, and I think it is like you're saying, like a sense of control. Like I want to know I have everything I need. The kids have everything they need or things like just in case, you know, and mm-hmm. the food, like they're getting their, you know, protein in, they're getting their supplements, you know, they're <laughs> up to date on everything. Right. It's like, maybe that's yeah. there already in some ways. And then being in a pandemic has highlighted some of that in that there is a lot that is out of our control. And so honing in on the things that we we do yeah. have the ability to control right now is settling in some way. Mm-hmm. Well, I really wanted to ask, this is something that I'm finding that I'm asking all the moms that I talk to because I think it's important. And that is, I want to know what you are proud of over this last year. I, I have to tell you that I, when I first initially saw that in the email question, <laughs> I was like sat there for a minute and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. And I, I don't know how much of it is just 
me and my own like self, you know, um, self-esteem of being like a mom or how much of it is like legit. I have no breaks from my kids. And so Mm. my bucket is not as full as it would be. And therefore, I don't know. I just, it seems like almost every day I have that thought of like, I could have done a better job. Like I should have been a better mom. Why did I, you know, raise my voice? Why did I like lose my shit? It happened again, you know? So that was a difficult question that I read. It was just like, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> but if I, after a while, <laughs> uh-huh. I if like I that. had, to, if I had to say something and this feels very like homesteady, and I know everyone's going to roll their eyes when they hear this sourdough bread. I have perfected <laughs> the sourdough bread. And I know everyone, that was like the kind of a running joke in the beginning of the pandemic. Like, are you at the sourdough bread stage yet? But I, I went there and I continued and it wasn't a phase for me. And now I have perfected that beautiful, delicious sourdough bread. <laughs> You're so funny. I really appreciate your honesty in that and your reflection of of like what it was like to read that question and in just thinking about like we're doing all of the things to get through right now and that means a lot and I especially think for moms who have more than one child who have children who are in school I mean I think there's just these like like it just it adds and adds and adds and so when I think of all that both of you are doing, I can, I mean, I know I don't feel like I have a lot of time for myself. And so I just kind of imagine that you have even less time for yourselves and what that's like. And I have a feeling that there are a lot of other moms who are having that same kind of experience that you described of just like, well, I, you know, I shouldn't have yelled or I shouldn't have been so short, or I should have done this, or I should have done that. And, you know, like, God, we have it hard enough. Do we have to be hard on ourselves about everything? Yeah. You know? Mom guilt. The yeah. mom, guilt, the mom guilt thing is so real. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you are literally getting your family through every day. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're yeah. there's so many things that you are doing and they're healthy and they're, I mean, at least from what I've heard from you, they are thriving. So I don't know. I have a lot of things I want to tell you that to tell that voice to just shut up. But I mean, that may not be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know all the things to say, but definitely, you know, still there. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Caroline, what are you proud of? Well, I have to say I had the same reaction, like, oh man, what am I proud of? And I'm just going to like piggyback off of Miranda, you know, the mom guilt, like we were just talking about and you know, Miranda and I've always had that real raw mama relationship where we can text each other and be like, I just lost my shit or I just yelled or I just, yeah. you know, why, why don't I have any patience today? Like I'm trying so hard. Mm-hmm. I was doing so good. And then boom, you know, there it went. So I think having those relationships with other moms where you, you know, it's not like, Oh, you know what? I never lose my shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always, you know, I never yell. Like I really don't believe that. And Mm -hmm. I even have, you know, parents of clients who will be like, you know, I yelled at my kid and I feel horrible. I'm like, you know what? Everyone yells. And if anyone tells you differently, then they're lying. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just this real thing. And we're all in the same house together constantly. 
I'm very blessed and very thankful for the moms that the mom friends that I have where we can talk about it and not have that fear of being judged. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that fear of being judged and the mom guilt is still there. But when you're able to like talk about it and express it and get it out, then it feels better, you know, because yeah, totally. Miranda and I have texted where we're like, you know, tell that voice to shut up or you're, you're a great mom and, you know, blah, blah, you know, so it's just kind of like helping each other through this. I would say, though, say like really trying to be a patient and present mama when, you know, and really like getting into the like zone of listening to my kids and really like taking that time. And part of being able to do that is I started up my own counseling again. Mm-hmm. I am taking, I'm like really doing the things that I know I need to do to help fill my bucket. I don't think my bucket will ever be filled during this yeah. COVID stage, but if, you know, they say like, you get just like take care of yourself and take care of others. And I think I've been running on empty for so long and I finally was like, okay, I have to. So I've, you know, been seeing my own therapist. I've really been working like on my own patients and, mm-hmm. you know, my own stuff. So I guess I'm proud of that whole aspect of it, of being able to being able to just help my own self to be able to help my family more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Giving yourself permission to take care of yourself. And I also like what you said, like your willingness to just be raw and honest with other people that you trust and having those kinds of conversations and just like voicing some of the big feelings. The last question I have um, before we wrap this up is um, just something to think about, like hope for the future. And I'm wondering, what are you both looking forward to once COVID is not as present in our lives? I am looking forward to getting my kids into different programs. I think Mm -hmm. looking back in hindsight, I feel like I'm going to see more positive out of this experience, but I do have a lot of anger and resentment about, you know, my oldest was just really getting into swim lessons and she wanted to take more dance and we got her signed up for soccer. And I think this is a perfect age where they start to really identify and figure out what they're passionate about, what they're good Mm -hmm. at, what they like to do. And I feel like that was really robbed for them. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to, like getting my kids out to doing the things that they want to do and participate in the world in a way that feels very fulfilling for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. My kids are both in swim lessons. You know, my oldest was in soccer and basketball and um, my youngest was actually playing soccer with my oldest team just because it's you know, my husband was one of the coaches, but it's hard. They don't get to do any of that, you know, and there were other things that we're going to sign them up for. So yeah, getting them out there. And I think though, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is hugging. I'm (laughs) such a hugger. Like I'm such, you girls know that I'm such a hugger. I can't wait to see my mom. I want to see my mom. She doesn't live around here. And my friends, I just want to have girl time. I want to hang out. I want to hug. I want to laugh. I want to talk. I want to just be in person. (laughs) I just want that. That contact. Yeah, group Mm. camping trips and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm not even a hugger and I want to hug people too. (laughs) (laughs) That surprises me you're not a hugger. I see you as a hugger. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I'm looking forward to to all of the things you said, you know, just getting back to 
being around the people that I love and getting to share this just sweet little baby, not so much a baby anymore with the people that I love I too. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see him running around with our kids. Yeah, I it's know. Because man, he sure is a cutie pie. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this and for sharing your own personal experiences and the experiences of your clients and the work that you do. And thanks for continuing to support people. I know that everybody needs as much support as they can get right now. So I look forward to having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was fun. Thank you so much all for listening. I continue to enjoy hearing your feedback about the podcast and I would love to continue to hear what you have to say about the content that's been provided so far. Also, please subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave some comments for me, and give me some ratings. And um, I did also put an email in the show notes. So if there's anything that you want to email me about personally or questions that you have um, or other feedback that you have, I would love to hear it. All right, everybody, stay safe, be well, and we will talk to you soon.